0: Is it a bad thing, if you're a Liberty Flames fan, that it felt like the basketball team had a much more impactful weekend than the football team? Oh, I get it. The football team benefited greatly from the upset that Trey Lyle correctly projected would occur, or might occur. He took... The nine and a half. Uh, I don't think he had App State on the outright, but he saw it better than I did. I saw the game
1: day fade. You always fade the team on game
0: Trey, very good call for you. We'll have keeping receipts later this week in the fast lane. Votes of confidence early on Wednesday because we are not doing a show Thanksgiving because we have an NFL triple header on Thursday. And a tech game in there. A
1: tech game sandwich in there. Against, hey, it's rivalry week for Massey and I against our, our Brian Nolan.
0: And then we have football and basketball again on Friday. So just stay tuned. We are off Thursday and Friday because of games.
1: More basketball or more football on Saturday and then more basketball and football on Sunday.
0: Thanks, Trey. We'll keep you updated at CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg on Facebook. But the point to make about Liberty University and JMU for that matter is the JMU loss to App State that Trey sort of saw coming, um, more than I did, so more than I can say, is an indicator of liberty really where they are maturity-wise with their team. Because from a football standpoint, the fact that the basketball weekend where they went 3-0 and down at the Redneck Riviera known as Myrtle Beach, my words, not Richie McKay's or anyone on the teams, but they go 3-0 and down there was a big weekend for basketball. But part of that's because for football, once again, and we've seen this the last couple of games over the season, really since the Louisiana Tech game, where it was closer than Liberty fans thought they should be, and particularly Jamie Chowell was spirited, disappointed, upset with how they didn't perform very well defensively in the second half of that game. They've changed a lot. They've locked in with much greater degree of maturity. And that's why it's reasonable to echo what Jamie Chowell said after the win against UMass to make them 11-0, which is that was a mature Albeit not necessarily flashy win for Liberty Football.
2: We talk a lot about you can't base how you play, how you perform based off circumstances. It's got to be about who we are, what's our standard. And no matter if you're playing in front of 25,000, but maybe in front of, like we have sometimes, eight, um, you show up and you compete because that's what your, your job is and you do it for the guy beside you and not for the, not for the, the outward. Uh, things and so our guys handled that. They prepared well this week. We had we had good practices um, and um, great mindset, and I it showed up. You know, I mean that's two weeks in a row. We started well, and uh, we got to, You know, as a coach, I got to figure out how to. We got to finish with that same intensity through all four quarters. But um, it was it was good to see us come out like that and. and um, not take for granted the opportunity you have.
0: That's a mature win. I mean, you go in, again, Liberty asserted themselves. 35-10 was the advantage at halftime. This game was over from the get-go. I mean, it's another one of those where you can sit there and go, yeah, UMass might come. Oh, wait, that's not gonna happen. But wait it did, the famed backdoor cover. Yeah, it, we don't it, need to talk about it, it. It is the quintessential example, though, Trey, of Liberty was in control of this game the entire way. And it was a good solid again, I'll reiterate this a mature win for liberty football because you focus on what you can take care of which i get it there's a lot of noise about jmu a lot of fans got a real chuckle out of that game not to mention the fact that new mexico state now by the way twice in two years new mexico state with jerry kill and diego pavia as 24 plus point underdogs To Hugh Freeze. Although you could debate whether he was mentally engaged last year. He was technically on the sidelines. I saw it with my own eyes. One of the 8,000, not 18,000. That was at the game last year. And it's amazing because that was another point of moment. But here's how you avoid being that type of team. That loses in disappointing fashion the way... Auburn did with Hugh Freeze yes we threw a zinger there or the JMU Dukes did in disappointing fashion with college game deal on campus as Trey thought could possibly occur and that is even when you're worried about the outside noise and where you might rank in the college football playoff committee's eyes and the potential for a new year's six bowl game Ultimately, first and foremost, you're just focused on what you can take care of.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of the outside noise, right? As as you get closer here to to the end of the season and uh, you got four or five teams, I guess, jockeying for um, top 25 or whatever it may be, you know, everybody's going to nitpick who you play and the strength of schedule and all those things. And, you know, what what we tell our team is that uh, we can't control who's out there, but we control how we play, how we compete, and how we show up every week.
0: Again, going back to the idea of it being a mature victory to the point where there's not a lot that popped out for Liberty, but on a weekend where, as we noted, teams like Auburn losing to New Mexico State, teams like JMU having the game day flop that Trey thought could happen uh, to App State, if you just take care of business, that's a really good thing. And in due time, it will help you do something that Liberty, they have tried to do, which is... Earn the respect that they continue to bemoan not getting. We talk.
2: We don't talk a lot about that, but I let our guys know that, you know, that you're, you're trying to earn respect every week because you don't have it. No matter what you've done so far, we don't have it the way probably this team deserves, but that's okay. We're not playing for that, uh, but I think our guys are hungry to know that we're proving ourselves every week, and um, I think that's the balance we try to keep.
0: It is. I mean, for Liberty right now, that's what they've done so far is they found a way to perform at that type of a level to where you're not focused on everything else. And it's actually, for Liberty fans, how it's actually easier now to look from football to basketball and how they had a really impressive weekend as well with victories against Furman, Wichita stated in yesterday against Vermont. And the bigger picture part is there are a lot of things that Liberty showed themselves and they can be taken from that win against Vermont to cap off the trip to the Redneck Riviera, Myrtle Beach that does actually translate going forward.
2: I they've got a heck of a program, and uh, so that, that's a that's a really quality win for our group. And and the best thing about it was, you know, there's a lot of adversity during the game that, you know, that we, we had to experience in, in order to respond the right way, and I thought we did so.
0: Yes, they did. There was adversity against Vermont. Like in the other games, particularly the Furman game where, Liberty would be down early, then they'd get a lead, then they'd stretch the lead out, then the opposing team, Furman a couple of days ago, Vermont uh, on Sunday, the, the other team would come back and give Liberty a push. They found a way to showcase the maturity that they have, and you know, if there's one thing you can nitpick about Liberty, is I think there's still some limitations in terms of who can score and create off the dribble when you need points, but... There's a level of maturity that this team has. Zach Cleveland may end up being the guy that can create off the dribble for Liberty. They've got unsung heroes on the defensive end, like Shiloh Robinson and Joseph Vinzanne, who I think they both have underrated athleticism, but Liberty asked them to use it more on the defensive end as opposed to the offense, so it doesn't necessarily pop on the stat sheet. But the way this weekend unfolded for Liberty, as we mentioned, it's a game of runs and it's a type of maturity in the victories they got that could. Resonate on Selection Sunday, whether they're in a one-bid league and they have to win their conference tournament. We'll know more about that as we get closer to March. Conference USA is probably not going to get more than two teams. Or whether Liberty may have a little bit of wiggle room, but if they do win their conference tournament and win the conference in the regular season, these type of wins could maybe boost them up a spot or two on the seed line, which could obviously give them favorable matchups. And all of that kind of goes back to how Liberty performed. And the takeaway being that, You've got enough maturity on this team to know that when adversity struck Furman a couple days ago in Vermont yesterday, basketball a game of runs.
2: Yeah, just, just felt like um, when you're playing a good team like that, and some of the looks and early return the ball over probably a little too much that he would like to. So just it down and felt like we did a really good job. Just, we had a group, uh, group that made a big run for us, and just like you said, it's kind of a game of runs.
0: That was Kyle Rode in particular mentioning that basketball is a game of runs. And when you don't know what else to do during those runs, you rely on defense. And it goes back to the principle that Virginia basketball fans know so well that we've seen in other schools that have had success. But uh, obviously, you know, Richie McKay and Liberty kind of being mini-me to Tony Bennett in Virginia. I don't mean that disparagingly, but more just they're, they're a lesser-renowned version of of what Virginia has with, let's be honest, players that are less likely to go to the NBA. Virginia's got some on that roster. I don't see anyone on Liberty who's going to stand out in that regard, but it's the principle of the matter, relying on defense when adversity hits. Yeah, for
2: sure. I think it just comes uh, with our defense. That's that's what's important. Uh, If we we just take part in our defense, and so when we're doing that, we'll stay in the game.
0: Zach Cleveland mentioning how Liberty relied on defense when it mattered most in that victory. Speaking of things mattering the most, What matters the most to you is to make sure that everything is safe and secure in case something unforeseen pops up. That's why you need Gardner Insurance Solutions. I've contacted them every year, in fact. They shop around to make sure I've got the best policy because they shop multiple carriers at Gardner Insurance Solutions. That way I know I'm getting the best rates on home and auto insurance. With Gardner Insurance Solutions and very low price to get umbrella coverage and some of the extra type of coverages that you can get and might even need to make sure you're protected in the event something unfortunate happens, like as we hear from our friends at Trost Law regularly, underinsured or uninsured motorist insurance. Well, Gardner Insurance Solutions, they know how all those little things matter to you and how a little bit extra up front on the dollar bill sign or in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all can save you quite a bit of headaches on the back end so it's worth contacting Gardner Insurance Solutions on Old Forest Road in Lynchburg um Dukes over the weekend we touched on JMU and now the loss really you know it it should not dampen their case to go to a bowl game as ridiculous as it is but it probably knocks them out of consideration for a New Year's Six Bowl and that's one of the things that has got to be the most disappointing for them if nothing more than the fact that... Well, they would have to get the waiver to get the New Year's Six pole they, they would, and that's not coming anytime soon. Meanwhile, they could be bowl-eligible and go, go somewhere else, and it looks like we're trending in that direction where that is likely to happen. We'll have more clarity, obviously, by next week, just on how many bowl-eligible teams there are, and if they're not enough, then JMU and Jacksonville State and you know, high-ranking high schools with a 5-7 and seven record might get in. Academic. Academic schools, which, by the way, keep this one in the back of your head, but Navy right now, they are a 5-win, five 5-loss five team. They play SMU this coming weekend, they'll probably lose that, probably handily, uh, which means they're 5-6 and six going into the Army-Navy game, which you can hear in a couple of weeks on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. That was a good plug. Um, but, just you know, keeping it, looking into the future for that. But, because Navy and service academies generally have good academic standards, I would expect them to be at the top of the leaderboard in terms of 5-7 and seven teams that might go to a bowl game after all the 6-6 six and six or better records have been filled, and... Jacksonville State and JMU have been slotted. So if you're a school out there that for some reason thinks that five and seven you deserve to go bowling, I think it's debatable. But it's another point. Just keep in mind that I think Navy will be the
1: favorite in that game against Army. uh, They
0: probably will. I mean, it's a rivalry,
1: but winner of that game goes bowling um, because they're both five. The Army's five and six.
0: Yeah, Army with that victory against Coastal Carolina this past weekend. So that game it may even be the type of game where it's just x team that wins that game goes to y bowl and they'll just let it play out of course this is complicated bowl scenarios but pivoting away from that to a team that's not going bowling but a team that had a really good weekend the virginia cavaliers um i think i've seen enough out of this team to say that i don't know if tony elliott's the guy long term i still have my doubts and concerns because schematically at times things look really good for this team Outside of the blowout to Tennessee, I'll throw that out because they just have better athletes in Knoxville, even though it's gone off the rails for them. And Georgia Tech, which is the more inexcusable, even though Georgia Tech now going bowling thanks to their victory against Syracuse this past weekend. But for Virginia, there's been a lot of noise around this team. And if you can keep your eye on the prize, it is one of the things you can do. And we mentioned this to a certain extent last week, how last Monday was the one-year anniversary of the tragic shooting on grounds. But um that has been an emotional crux point for this team to the point where at times fans have wondered if it's been too much of one and I I can't begin to tell you how to properly grieve the loss of a tragedy like Virginia experience I am in no way shape or form qualified for that but I can say that I've, I've heard those rumblings and thoughts out there which is how on the week where you're having to still prepare for a game after the anniversary of the shooting on grounds and everything that's gone into commemorating Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr. and Deshaun Perry not to mention that The survivor, Mike Collins, has come back and played. His roommate may never play football again, Paris Jones, who suffered the injury against Louisville. It's been a lot, and yet the win against Duke, I think, for Virginia fans, if nothing more, can say that there is the belief that you're playing for something bigger, and that can actually translate into production on the football field, which, to his credit— Tony Elliott acknowledges that as well.
3: Um you know the the, the ceremonies uh on grounds and then also here on uh, on Monday night were beautiful, were awesome. Uh and we're right back to work on Tuesday morning and and I can tell you and I I've, I've been around a lot of practice fields and I and I hadn't felt what I felt on Tuesday with these guys uh considering uh, what they went through the day before, man. And then they brought it back Wednesday. Uh, and so I think this, that uh, they understood that this week and, and, and every week going forward, they're playing for something bigger than themselves.
0: Playing for something bigger than yourselves. Understanding that. Now, it matters how you actually carry that out into a football sense. And I get it. There's a, a, the whole idea of being a group of winners in something other than sports. And Tony Elliott addressed that. But even he is aware that that only goes so far in how you're judged for jobs, roster spots, and everything else in modern college football?
3: That group of people in that locker room, staff and players, um, awesome people. And those players in there are going to go do great things because of the, the adversity that they've had to persevere through. Uh, so, so just, just so, man, so humble, so thankful, so grateful that they got to experience victory right, because at the end of the day, it's a group of winners in there, right? I know people are going to judge us by scores and stats and wins and losses, but that's a group of, of winners in there that are going to do great things uh, in life.
0: I mean, for Virginia fans, I do think there's they are a school, let's call a spade of spade, that I think fits into the Wake Forest football mold, the Duke football mold. No, I didn't include Duke basketball there. But uh, the mold where they're willing to take, you know, at this point, six to eight win seasons regularly. I know they bemoaned George Welsh for this back in the day, but I think times have changed, expectations have changed, and the reality of how college football outlook changes. But you're willing to take that in exchange for guys that kind of fit the and picture, knowing that at this point right now, I know Virginia fans, well, maybe one day we can beat, you know, best case scenario for schools like that is you're probably Notre Dame. I mean, let's call a spade a spade to Notre Dame fans that there's a reason Brian Kelly left because you can get kids to play academically at places like LSU that you just can't at schools that have higher academic standards. And that puts a ceiling on what you're capable of doing. And I know that's way down the road for Virginia football. They're nowhere close to being in that spot. But at the end of the day for Virginia, they at least deserve the fact that they finally got the fruits of their label with the 30-23 victory Against Duke, uh,
3: it was a it was a tough week, but I tell you what, man, the guys took it in stride and took ownership of it, and uh, had a really good week of practice and allowed them to to be able to play uh, the way they did today.
0: And that ultimately is something that Virginia was able to pull off with their win this past week, this past weekend rather against Duke. What they were able to do right there. Speaking of things that you can do, there's a lot of things you can do with your family at InsaneRadioDeals.com. When you shop at InsaneRadioDeals.com, Sequest of Lynchburg experiences daily admissions for adults specials at InsaneRadioDeals.com. One more at InsaneRadioDeals.com. You want something else to do, maybe with your significant other? Certainly, Crosswide Athletic Club, individual, couple, or family memberships are a potential option for family bonding activities, because people think it's just going to the gym, which it kind of is, but it's also tennis courts inside, access to the pool, and so much more at Crosswide Athletic Club, but Sequest of Lynchburg, the tri-scuba experiences for individuals and couples, they are also back at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, other topics worth addressing, including more from the weekend that was in college football to start things off in the fast five at five ish it's time for the fast five at five
3: ish five fast-paced quick-witted things you need to know right now number five
0: following their loss to georgia tech over the weekend the syracuse orange dismissed football coach dino babers after eight years leading the orange I remember, to know, I remember the day when he was hired and they were still the Orange men, I believe. Now they're the Syracuse Orange. But alas, Dino Babers, despite that run, gets canned. Trey, this has got to be one of the harder jobs in college football. I get it. There's a lot of folks in the Syracuse media that will hype up the value of Syracuse University Athletics. But the reality is they're located way up in the north. They don't have the massive fan base that pumps a lot of NIL money into programs. And it's a basketball school. And it is a basketball school. It's a really hard sell for football. And we mentioned this with places like Mississippi State where you need coaches that maybe are willing to think outside the box. A lot of their desires at a place like Syracuse fixate on getting back to the Paul Paschaloni days. That was 20-plus years ago. And unlike Miami, you stuck living in the past. By the way, what a brutal way to end their game. More on that momentarily. Pretend to be sharp, um, But, yeah, well, I mean, we can go back to that and keeping receipts later, Trey, tomorrow in the fast lane. But for Miami, um, you know, that's one thing. They're still in a fertile recruiting area. Syracuse doesn't even have that going for them. It's a really hard sell to replace a guy like Dino Babers. I get it. Sometimes these things just run their course. Lifespan of a CEO in a Fortune 500 company, generally you're looking at about 10 years. So you get a a college football coach of eight years. It it generally exceeds the expectation of that, but it did feel like it had kind of run its course there.
1: So I'm just looking at the names of the coaches here, and it's interesting. Um, Could go to the old days of Doug Marone. Uh, Kurt Signetti's on the list. Um, one name that I don't—they hope they don't hire—and I think you'll agree with me. Philadelphia Eagles offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland. Nope, nope, nope.
0: <laughs> why, why, by the way, I'm gonna pause for a second here. That guy's going to get paid whatever he wants because he's one of the most valuable assistant coaches in the NFL, and Philly is, is a franchise... The best offensive
1: line coach in the NFL. Uh,
0: no doubt about that. And by the way, Philadelphia, you, you, there's no cap on what you can spend on coaches. Philly could pay him $10 million a year to be the offensive line coach, and he doesn't have nearly the amount of responsibilities he have at Syracuse with half the money coming his way. Interesting. Also, Lou M. Am- uh, Lou Anarumo.
1: Yeah. Bengals DC is on the list. Uh, also, Kurt Cignetti. Uh, ironically... Uh, sean lewis who was uh you know went with babers to syracuse so um i don't know we'll see i think you need it's similar to mississippi state where you need to hire someone who can be either is proven to be a winner wherever they went i.e kurt signetti or is very unique in terms of their offensive or even defensive philosophy
0: number four which brings us to a name that you just mentioned trey and that is kurt signetti being mentioned as a candidate for syracuse and the potential that he would leave james madison to go to a place like syracuse now i will grant you this Trey. i get the jmu liberty feud is very multi-pronged those fan bases are rivals and they don't like each other there's no love lost between jmu and liberty football fans
1: but I don't get why. But okay, I mean, I guess because they're both battling to be that like third clear team in the state.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're better than Virginia and Virginia Tech in football. At least the last couple of years, their consistent results have been better. But like, but you know what I meant prestige, by that. Prestige, prestige, the best of the rest in terms uh, of non Power Five teams. Uh, I get that completely, Trey. But here's the thing: if, if, I, I get if, if Kurt Zinetti does not have the same pop and pizzazz the way Jamie Chabot does with his creative offense that he's had at, at Coastal and now at Liberty. But if I'm Signetti and leaving for another job outside of JMU, which he's got a really good gig there, even though they lost to App State over the weekend, Syracuse is not the type of place where it's going to be easy to win. I get you're in the ACC, so it's easier to win in a place like that. But openings are going to pop up relatively frequently. And again, if you're in a place like JMU, much like Liberty, you'll probably win consistently, which means you can buy time before you take over a job that is much more desirable and easier to win.
1: Hey, Ed, where is Kurt Signetti from? New York area. Nope.
0: That was my guess. I have no idea. Fire oh, away.
1: Oh, I knew this. It's Pittsburgh.
0: That's right. Yes. Frank Signetti. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah. if Pat Narduzzi leaves Pitt, he could take over that job. Or and it's a much better job. Or, or Kurt
1: Signetti was a quarterback where?
0: At West Virginia, which if they regress to the mean next year because they've had a lot of narrow victories. Granted, beating Scott Satterfield and pit, pitiful Cincinnati this weekend was not one of them. But West Virginia's had a lot of narrow victories this year. If a lot of those regress to the mean next year. Well, uh, Pittsburgh went, what, three or three and eight, so. Yes, I don't think Narduzzi is going to be a hot candidate anywhere else. By the way, speaking of coaches, more on that a little bit later, but. Number three. We did not get to this. One of two injury nuggets. This one we did not get to Friday in the fast lane. But Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, out for the year with a torn ligament in his throwing wrist. His season is done. Trey, that projection I had from way back in the year of the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl, I will be more than content to say that ain't happening. They had questions about their offensive line. Ultimately, they had Joe Burrow took enough hits that he ends up injuring his wrist. They've had questions about their defense, which has actually regressed this year under Lou Anarumo, who's actually been a really good defensive coordinator. But Joe Burrow masked a lot of those questions, which meant there was still the dirty four-letter word that starts with an H and ends in an E. Hope. That the Bengals can make the Super Bowl when Burrow went down with that injury and he was declared out for the year so did my projection of the Bengals going to the Super Bowl that ain't happening speaking of making runs in the playoffs but being derailed because of quarterback injuries number two if you have seen this my condolences to you if you have not I don't recommend looking at this unless you are not grossed out very easily But the injury to Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis, whose college career is finished. He announced that on social media after suffering a gruesome leg injury against Northern Alabama this past weekend. Now, Florida State, with enough talent, they were able to rally around their fallen player and get the victory. But it's crushing for FSU just in the sense that this was as good of a team as any that had a chance to go into the college football playoff and represent the ACC. Now, there's still a good possibility they they should be able to beat Florida, and frankly, they've got enough talent that they could beat Louisville after that. But then, they're probably going to draw Michigan or uh, Georgia in the college football playoff semifinal, uh, without a viable quarterback. Good luck with that.
3: And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish.
0: Steiny Brian Steinspring, former Virginia Tech offensive coordinator, has been named the new head football coach at the new program, Roanoke College, the Maroons, announcing they are beginning a football program level-headed enough exciting enough to be able to recruit and get people to come to a program like this it still is an uphill battle it still is d3 football but kudos to Roanoke college for giving it a go i know there's been a lot of talk at the university of lynchburg on whether they would add a program like this it's not cheap to add football but this is a nice pickup if nothing else it gets buzz and excitement going towards a program that's going to need a lot of booster support and they're going to not need a lot of community buzz and a name like brian steinspring at least accomplishes that in the short term and there is your fast five at five when we return in the fast lane more on the who's the hokies and the liberty flames part one of covering the commonwealth comes your way next here on the cbs sports radio lynchburg app